Hi guys, I'm Mephisto and this is Creator's Corner, a podcast that deals with content creation, YouTube, Twitch, the lot. My first guest today is Nubble and I hope you enjoy yourselves. Okay, we are live. Uh, good evening, Nubble. How are you doing, man? Evening, matey. Doing all good. Had one hell of a day. One hell of a. I've saw. I've seen it on. Uh, I've seen it on Twitter. Taron. Uh, yes. Wow. I got to keep with Taron again. Oh, it's been <laughs> so long. What have you seen him for the first time? Uh, BlizzCon, which is like two or three years ago now. Awesome. And if there's one person in the world that can make you hide for an expansion, it is. Ew, I wish I could clone that guy and just send him over to everybody. He is amazing. Is he the head of creative? Not creative, but uh, the art department? Yeah, the cinematic team. He oh, is, yeah. Uh, he's part of that team. Like the, the Rothgate, he and a friend of him made by themselves. And ever since then, the ball started rolling. So if you're like, oh, yeah, the cinematic team has really improved over the years, he is part of that. Oh, all right. I didn't know it was two people. That's it's a Rothgate, yeah, man. Wow, that's incredible. If you ever, uh, if you ever look up his uh, backlog, like this is my journey of the last 10 years, you can actually see them in their little man cave trying to get that thing going. It's it's amazing. Oh, that's so cool. I mean, uh, the Rathgate is one of the key points that I've I've listened to you over the years tell on you know other podcasts or other interviews that you did is like the point where ah uh, that's like turning point for actually a lot of people that i've spoken to over the years yeah doesn't I kind matter of the feeling that uh, the battle for azeroth is doing the same now like for me rothgate was like the eye opener like oh what's going on here that's also why i constantly whenever i got the chance i <laughs> used to rothgate's becoming a meme by now um but with the whole burning hotel that is still and whatnot the whole lot of people that open their eyes are like oh cool there's actually a story behind this how can i get into it it's really nice to see Oh, I, I I didn't know because I'm not really hyped for Battle for Azeroth, for Azeroth so I'm not mm-hmm. really into. I, I'm into the lore. I know what's going on, but I I'm not really hyped for it. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about this particular expansion. Maybe it's call it a burnout. I don't know. Um, I feel like at PreachCon we kind of got the same idea from everybody. It's like eh, meh. We're mad about Battle for Azeroth um but for me story-wise i've actually gotten more into it over the last month with the extra storyline that's been dropping yeah all right so uh let's go a little bit back and uh talk about what i want to know and at least this is kind of the whole uh framework for this particular podcast is i want to know with other content creators either youtubers or twitch streamers or both um how did you get started? How did you get start making videos? Uh, for me, started when it, ooh, all the way back in Burning Crusade, and uh, that was because we were doing guild events at the time. We were running to the Gurubashi Arena. We were doing all kinds of nonsense, and I was like, "Oh, this is really, really cool. Maybe I could, you know, make a video out of it and show it to other people." So I started googling like, "Where can I actually display these videos?" And this little website showed up. That was uh, YouTube. And it allow you to upload videos and you could display it. It was great. That That's how I'm going to do it. That was, uh, yeah, that was how I got there with the first time. We did like screenshot contest. And back then, it was like the wild, wild west days of YouTube, right? You could use whatever copyrighted music you wanted. Um, it was great. 
That then flowed into Wrath of the Lich King, where uh, a friend of mine was having a lot of trouble with a particular quest that was uh, at the Sons of Hodir. You needed to wrangle one of these dragons. And I typed it out to her in-game, I explained it to her, and she just didn't get it. So I was like, you know what? Let me show you. <laughs> so I made a little guide on that, and I explained to her, like, this is how you do it. And that was also around the time that I came back from a break between Burning Crusade and Wrath of the Lich King. And I was watching this guy called Wow Hobbs, who was doing the way, Wow Hobbs way of pulling, in which he was soloing dungeons, he was carrying groups, and he was making the money and experience and all the good stuff. And I was like, oh, that's really, really cool. Uh, I'll roll a paladin as well. And uh, if I get bored with the game, that it happened twice now, I'll just go out and solo stuff. And I realized soloing is not difficult. There might be some hurdles here and there that uh, other people might need some pointers to not make the same mistakes as I do. But if they get those pointers, then they can do it because I can do it. So that flowed into the solo guides, uh, which I had this beautiful saw music intro, like do 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 do, and then there's like text in the screen. With, if I can do it, you can do it. it. Was great, and all these comments with like, "Oh, you're a paladin. That means I can't do it." I'm like, just go out and try it. It's a lot of fun to try it. Um. Then we flow into Cataclysm, where people like Jesse Cox and Total Biscuit made the scene with their uh, coverage of the beta, and they inspired the crap out of me. I was like, wow, if I ever get the opportunity to test the beta like that, I'm going to be all over that. So Mr. Panaria rolled around, in which they offered the, if you take a year subscription, you will get guaranteed beta access. I was like, cool, I'm going to do that. Only to realize that nobody cared about my beta coverage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked the audience, like, guys, what do you want to see? And it was this one person like, how does auto loot work? So I literally went to the DK starting area. I killed a group of mobs. I right clicked. Like, this is how auto group, lo group looting works. It's like, oh, well, thank you. But there was one video. There was one video that sparked in that time. And that was my Fedamore Destroyed video. I will never forget it. I had this... Thumbnail with Jaina tied up to a chair with a torch next to her. And it was the time a lot of people didn't know what was going to happen with Fedamore. Like, it was going to be blown up, uh, was going to be destroyed, what's going on here. And I was talking about the lore. And by that point, uh, we, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, Ralph the Lich King was the point that I really got into the lore. Uh, before that time, I, I'd read maybe one novel, um, never played Warcraft 3. But the Ralph the Lich King, the Ralph Gates cinematic, it, it got me invested. And before I knew it, I had like 50 tabs open of WoW Wiki and I was reading stuff and I was looking up stuff. And by that time, I was quite into the lore and I figured, well, you know, people are interested in the lore. I'm interested in the lore. I love telling a story. I love making these videos. Let's see what happens. And from that moment on, I started focusing on, on telling the story in World of Warcraft and the rest is history. Well... Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I, I knew, you know what? I knew bits and pieces of that. And, uh, it's really funny that I, I thought you started at around, uh, Mr. Pandaria. I didn't know you had, you made a, like guides and stuff before. And you said, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, and you said about wow Hobbs. And I think that wow Hobbs is the first guy I ever subscribed to on YouTube because I you know what I'm you could say I'm old school but I'm pretty hip I grew up with a computer so I'm pretty hip to everything that happens not well not everything but mm -hmm. um, when YouTube started it was like oh cool there's a website I can watch little videos of cats and stuff and <laughs> yes. yeah that's where everybody started and once the um, 
all the uh, YouTube stuff, all the uh, WoW stuff got into YouTube and I found out about like WoW hobs and like, cool, that's a cool thing that he's teaching other people to do that. Well, I will never, ever do, but it's nice to see. Yeah, um, wow Hobbs is a legend, man. Legend of his time. Really, really is. I, I even watched um, I even watched his you know he did like the IRL stuff. Well, mm -hmm. I can't do I can't publish this video today because my wife and my microphone doesn't work and all that stuff. It was uh it, it grabbed me. But yeah, um, he was really down to earth as well. He's doing Hearthstone streams these days. He's reading really into Hearthstone. Yeah, I've I've seen a couple of those. I've seen a couple of those streams. He he really he was one of those YouTubers who really did the com almost complete transfer from YouTube to Twitch before yeah. all the shit happens. But we'll get mm -hmm. to that. We'll get to that. Um, I want to know. Um. Did you, when you started way back, did you start doing a little bit of machinima stuff using like uh, wall uh, view model and all that? No, that came way later. That no, that was way later. later. Yeah. Um, so what are you, are you doing your own, uh, your own editing? You're doing everything yeah. by yourself. Uh, I am a one man operation. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't recommend anybody that's uh, into YouTube and they want to make it big to do it by themselves. Uh, these days, pretty much everybody has an editor and everybody has like a team working for it, but I'm still a one-man operation. And when I started making these videos, and I mean, you can clearly see the quality in editing, uh, I had no idea how editing worked. I have no background in video making or editing. Uh, I basically looked up tutorials on YouTube back then. And I use Sony Vegas. A lot of people recommend to use Adobe Premiere, but when I looked up tutorials, Sony Vegas was just the one that uh, had the most tutorials on it, and that's the one I picked up. Um, I'm I'm personally using Premiere Premiere Pro because uh, my cousin has a background in um, like in sort of she's got a, a bachelor's degree in in kind of design. But mostly right. uh, like either video design, not really editing, and they use Premiere Pro, and she was the only one that I could trust to come in here and actually teach me because I can watch uh, YouTube videos, and sometimes they're to the point, and sometimes they're not. Uh, so <laughs> I, I just started with that, but. After watching, <laughs> the, that the truth. Oh, there are so many guys that just go on ten minutes talking about their life story. I just want to know how to flip the screen. Come on, man. Exactly. I just want. How do you you how do you cut and move this into there? <laughs> and how do you do the transition? And all I wanted to do is, you know, use dissolve. Can I dissolve from this to this? I mean. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing I'm so guessing well. uh, you don't have a background in video editing. I'm guessing you didn't learn that at school, high school, or college, or whatever. No, no, no. I do have a very minor. Um, like back then, uh, computers were like making their. Uh, when I was in in high school, computers were making a march, so they offered this IT course, but that was mainly uh, on learning how to use Word and PowerPoint and all that. Video editing that didn't come in until I started doing the YouTube thing. I was, um, when I was at high school, 
I was supposed to take dual courses. Uh, the main course is um, cinema, not really, right. you know, editing, but cinema. And the other one was was computers. And they didn't really teach the things I wanted to learn. So I dropped it. <laughs> And right, uh, yeah, yeah. and focused more on cinema. So when you when you go to like high school, it's not really in the level where they teach you where to position cameras and how to edit this and how to edit that. Especially not as the way as they do it today. In like video editing was with tapes, like yeah. Betamax tapes and all that stuff. So to do what I do today is would take two days, maybe three days yeah. using someone else's deck. And now I do it like flip, 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 and it's done. <laughs> you want to dissolve? Fine. You want wipes? Fine. Slap it on there. Put that in there. You want titles flying around? Yeah, no worries. Just click on title. I got, I got them skills, friend. I'll, I'll sort it out for you. Yeah, that's like, that's no worries. Um, but to be fair, there is an advantage to keeping it as simple as possible because uh, my videos, like what I always do is on a Monday, a 15 to 30 minute video. And uh, that's pretty much the standard that I hold on to. But for YouTube, uh, you, you want to aim for around 11 to 12 minutes ish at max, right? So 15 to 30 is a long piece of material. Uh, so by keeping it simple, I've also allowed myself to do it on a weekly basis. So it, it also comes with advantages. It also, uh, it really depends on the ages of the people who watch you because it's not only the generation. I think it's a lot about the age. Once people get into um, around 29, 30 and above, uh, they have more patience. I don't know how, it, rather it's maybe getting you know your life sorted i'm not you know not suggesting anything but people who are starting families or getting into long uh long-term relationships i found that they have more patience for it i don't know why they have more patience for the long form i mean i, I personally i enjoy the long form i enjoy 30 minute video well researched well uh well done doesn't necessarily mean what i what i watch on the screen as long as yeah. it's decent you know if and i think that's also a, a big part of it like a lot of people uh enjoy the, the storytelling aspect of it so i can't tell you how many comments i've had like no well, I, I i don't want to sound awkward but you are the voice i listen to while falling asleep and i'm like oh yes <laughs> what I do it for, baby. you know you know i was just I just finished dinner with my family and I talked to my brother and my brother is um, 33 years old. Um, but in his head, he's like 21. Mm. And uh, I've seen him go through stages and he is now uh, coming into the to the world of, uh, well, I do enjoy long form. I do enjoy making it uh you know what not not the five minute videos i used to love but now i i like it more long form and i told him look and it, that's not related to anything that done on youtube you know the bob ross channel mm -hmm. 
when I work, I usually start working really late because I've got wife and family and everybody needs my attention and my time. Uh, once I start working and I work and work and work and I come into like 1, 2 a.m. and it's past the sleeping barrier. It's mm -hmm. like you're tired, tired, tired. And now you can't go to sleep. Flip on uh, fucking Bob Ross. Five minutes and I'm off to bed. <laughs> Seriously, I can feel my eyes shutting down. It's like, oh, these happy little trees. And oh, you can do it too. And it's like, oh, I'm down. I'm out. Yeah, I'm I out. I also found one of those channels for myself. It's uh, it's like a horror story channel where they they uh, explain like scary stories. That oh, his his tone and his voice it just knocks me out in five minutes. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about something that we have in common, but not, you know, on the face of it, it doesn't seem that way. But is the language barrier. Mm. Uh, I, when I started making videos almost three years ago, um, the one thing that I was afraid of is the language barrier because most of my videos, and that's how I structured it is I use audacity like many other, I I'm sure you use audacity too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I use audacity because it allows me to correct every mistake I need uh, on the fly and and don't have to record long form with a lot of mistakes and being on camera. And I speak very good English, but still, you know, here and there, you can you can tell I'm not from Israel. You know, mm -hmm. I don't really have the Israeli famous uh you know um i would say accent or when you when when i hear other israelis speak especially on tv it's so obvious and i'm i know it's it's a factor when people hear your videos they hear your voice that that's the first thing that enters their brain mm -hmm. so i want to ask if you when you started the videos when you started the lore videos when it's you know, more long form. Did you even think about the language barrier at all about passing the the accent barrier? Um, not so much about the accent. Like, sure enough, there's a, a certain way of telling a story. Like my regular talking voice is not so much my storytelling voice, right? And that kind of falls back to uh, part of the teacher training, part of, you know, just babysitting my cousins and telling stories. Um, it's not like you're just talking to somebody. You're you're trying to enthrall somebody into the world. Uh, what you mentioned with the, the big format and editing on the fly. For me, uh, whenever I make any mistakes, I'll just retake the line because I work on a script. Whenever I freestyle something, there's always a lot of us and there's always a lot of uh, that's not exactly what I wanted to say. So when I script it, I can stick to it. Of course, there will be parts freestyling, but mainly I know what I'm going to say, when I'm going to say it, how I want to say it. And if the line isn't right, I'll just retake it and I'll cut it out in editing. Also, all the little, <gasps> you know, that, that gets cut out and uh, put back into place so that it sounds proper. And when it comes to the language barrier, uh, it's probably one of the most things that people comment on. Like you roll your R's and you sound different than we do. But in my opinion, it's been a massive strength rather than a weakness because you stand out above the crowd and standing out is never wrong. Not to mention that it gets a lot of engagement going. I think a big part of the reason why it started snowballing for me at the early days 
is the interaction with people like, oh my God, you don't sound the way I want you to sound like. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that's just me. You know, I roll my R's, deal with it. And other people really, really love it. And they're like, oh, I love the way I roll. I'm like, yeah, baby. And that's, <laughs> no, it was never a concern of mine of like, what am I going to sound like? And uh, is it a language barrier? It was more so like, take it or leave it. This is who I am. If you enjoy it, oh, I love you for it. And if you don't, that's fine. Um, I had a question. I forgot it. Uh, unscripted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> scripts. Uh, I work on scripts as well. I Everything I do, especially uh, I started making a lot of uh, wild videos and I transitioned to doing just about whatever I like. And most of my stuff, almost 90% of my stuff is scripted. I think the only thing that is not scripted is the celebrity Twitch match videos, which I do right. live, which is a problem because sometimes I get stuck without, you know, I, I want to say something, but I want to, you know, I want to pronounce it correctly. I want to word it correctly. And when it's live like that, it's, it's hard. That's why I do at least two or three times doing the same, basically the same match but right. every time it's it's different it's not the same match i do um ai versus ai and if i do multiple takes it's it gives me different results each time so that that's the live thing but most of my other stuff i uh use my time at work to write it down i you like i have a full-on full list of um google docs and it's filled with all my scripts for every video i've done and yeah i basically keep the try not to go off the cuff but if i do i'm not worried about it it's as long as it's worded properly in english it if it's coherent um yeah. and it helps me when I, when i record when i do my recording yes i use my more um storytelling voice i would say yeah mm -hmm. and uh yeah that helps me with the language barrier it was a concern of mine uh not not so much as the accent but more of giving proper english sentences you know and I, yeah, okay, but I think in that regard, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I've never really had a problem. With it. I'm sure enough that my uh, sentence structure is wrong when you compare it to the proper English. I'm, I'm sure that's the case. Uh, but when it comes to scripts, and especially when you do like lore stuff, um, being factually right is a big thing, right? So if I do it off the head, I could tell you the global story of Warcraft, but the little details, like the devil is in the details, so you gotta get that stuff right. So that's mainly why i i script out much stuff as well as uh, well if you see in my reaction videos on stream i notice that i curse a lot just in general i curse a lot like i drop a lot of f-bombs during my reactions and i'm like is that just because i can't find the words for it well maybe but it's also very all over the place so that's that's mainly why i stick to script rather than do i pronounce certain words right you know yeah, and uh, it leads me to the next bullet point, uh, oddly enough, the working working clean, as it mm. were. Uh, I'm not concerned about working clean, uh, but when I write my scripts, it is it, I don't put a word in, well, this is where I should say fuck or shit. <laughs> if, it's, if it comes up when I do record it, 
and it fits the narrative of the things I wanted to say, then I'll leave it in. I, I don't mind putting like curse words in. And when I do speak freely, I do speak with a lot of curses myself. I'm like at my home in Hebrew when I speak. Well, not near the kids, but generally speaking, <laughs> I, uh, I use free language. And if I do get someone that says to me, like, come, comes in quiet and says, dude, you curse too much. I don't associate with that person. I mean, okay. it's, a, it's a, just a thing in life. If I know it's, it's a situation where you have to curse less. Or you have to watch what you say. I do watch what what I say without even thinking about it. But when I'm with friends, you know, Discord, TeamSpeak, whatever, playing around, that's just, you know. I mean, that, that's your own time. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to content in, in the lore scripts and whatnot, there's no reason for me to go and like, oh, fucking Sylvanas, how dare she F this, F that. Uh, but for some reason on streams, and I, I don't even realize I do it, but when I listen back, I'm like, I'm dropping f-bombs five to ten times in a sentence i'm like why i don't i don't usually do that no when i'm playing games with friends i'll get very salty of course but that is you know personal corners this is my area i don't really do why i do i don't really know why i do it on stream i try to hold it back but it just i don't know it's part of it yeah i'm again when i stream i don't i don't stream a lot because i don't have time but uh when i do stream i don't hold back i just say what I want to say. I'm not even thinking about it. And uh, I I just wanted to ask is, do you think the, because you basically work off a script and when it comes to, when it comes to working clean, you don't think about working clean, but when you do the script again, you uh, structure it in the manner that it doesn't really matter if you say fuck or not, so you don't really say it. Yeah, and exactly. Like that, It's not even an issue. And that helps open up the door to working with big companies. I don't mean necessarily with Blizzard, you know, the whole uh, the whole um, on, on the launcher thing. You, you know, mm. and you know it's an issue, especially nowadays with YouTube going into this phase and stuff. Working clean doesn't mean necessarily they push your videos, but uh, there's a better chance of getting it. I'm guessing. I imagine so. Yeah, I, I imagine I, we, that YouTube has a, a proper list of these guys are like controversial and these are like clean channels. I, I definitely think there's a difference there. Yeah, I, it's not like it's you. It's not like you don't say it. You do say it, but it's so rare that it's not even an issue. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to go into more details on how do you come up with an idea for a lore video or any video uh, for that matter. But specifically, we'll touch with you on a lore video, which is the 15 to 30 minute one that you do. Uh, for me, it comes from different places. Like a lot of people are have asked me, like, why don't you set up a request system where we can just request videos and you do them one by one? But the thing is, when it comes to lore videos, there's a big difference when you feel inspired about making a video and when you feel you need to make a video. Like, there's a big difference in script writing, for example. It can take me several days to get a script out, or sometimes when I'm motivated, uh, the most bizarre thing, the story of Warcraft, one of my most popular videos, that was cranked out in half a day. And it was just on paper, and it was there, and it was done. It was done in, like, three or four days. 
a 45 minute video was insane but i felt motivated and i felt inspired and inspiration can come from different places like they can release a hero for here's the storm like um oh the lady they just released from the scarlet crusade oh god what was her name Shalom, not Shalomane. I'm not. I'm not following uh, um, Heroes of the Storm so much. But let's say Alex Straza. Yes, let's say Alex Straza has been added to Heroes of the Storm. That can be an inspiration. Or, uh, well, in in the last few months, I've been trying to prepare people for what's to come in Battle for Azeroth. So I've been covering characters like Saurfang, like Jaina, like the Zandalari, getting them ready to understand. Like, oh, that's that background story I already heard about, and it now plays out further. Oh, that's really cool. Or it can be a request. Like the other day, I got a viewer asking me, like, Nobo, can you make a video about the evolution of the elves? I sit down, I write a script in a day, and the video is ready to go. Um, so from all kinds of different places that motivate me and inspire me to make a story and write a story and, yeah, tell the story. Um, and how do you approach videos that are not really lore-related? Or is it just lore with you this, these days? um and i'm when i say videos. Uh, when i i want to i, I want to mm. focus that question um when it comes to uh when it comes to middle middle of the expansion when you want to make a video and it's not uh no no new patches coming out so no 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 story progression how do you how do you tackle that because it's very hard to get inspired especially after you've been doing this for let's say the lore thing at least seven years almost yeah six years six something years like that. yeah yeah um it, it kind of depends like it you should say like don't you get bored with it let's talk about these characters but for some weird reason it never hit me like i'm bored with doing this there's always been something i'm like oh yes i'm gonna talk about this and i'm gonna bring the story to life and it's great it's never been like oh really do i need to do this now no it's just the different like what I, what I said about the difference when it comes to being inspired like sometimes you, you kind of put up a border for yourself like i promised i was going to do this so now i have to do this and it becomes a whole different dynamic compared to oh i'm so ready to do this but i've never had a moment where i said like i don't feel like making videos and whenever those moments do appear um like when you everybody has the moment where we're like i don't feel like working right now i don't feel like doing a thing i really do not feel this right now just take a little break, take a, an hour walk. And before you know what you come back, you're like, yep, I'm ready to go for it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, uh, it's, again, it really depends on, on the situation. You're doing this full time. I, I want to give my perspective. Um, mm -hmm. I work at a university. I, um, I tend to lab animals, basically lab rats. It doesn't take too much of my time. I've been doing this for so long that I can knock things out for, I don't know, maybe three hours. And then I have around five hours at work in the office with my old PC at work, just trying to come up with things. But because I have, you know, stresses of the day and, uh, you know, all the things on my head, sometimes it, it's not even there. I don't even know where, where it comes from. But then I take a ride home, either going back on the bus or uh, traveling back on my car. And it, it just, the spark comes in and there's, you know, there's the phone to write with. Well, not when I'm driving, but on the bus. I come come up with the idea 
go on the Google Docs and literally a 30-minute ride on the bus, I can knock down five scripts. Mm -hmm. It's just I get bursts of, uh, of inspiration and it just flows out of me. Um, I want to know who are the people who influence you or I'm, I want to get a more general perspective of this. How are you, do you like people who are, um, storytellers per se, like your, your, your influencers, the, the people who let's, let's just say pushed you into doing storytelling, I would say. Um, well, there's nobody that directly pushed me into anything. Quite no, no, the opposite, no. I, to be I don't mean I don't mean uh, people who you've spoken to and, and told you, look, you should mm. do this. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give you I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Um, I do gravitate. I, I love movies, uh, but I do like the people who make the movies themselves one of my greatest inspirations is kevin smith the director um mm -hmm. uh, because i like his talks when he he does like q a's podcasts all that stuff i loved his movies i fell fell in love with the person when he did his first uh an evening with kevin smith He stood up in front of a college audience in several colleges in Brown University. I think it's uh, UCLA and all, all sorts of colleges. And he answered questions about his movies. Now, the question was like, how did you do this? Or uh, did you like working on whatever that movie? And it started off as a small question and it turned into, it rolled into a story of what happened that day or what happened when we did this. And um, that really inspired me on how to develop and how to talk and how to get stories. And I, and I realized I like people who do that, either comedians doing stand-up Or people like um, Stephen Fry, for uh, for example. Do you know who Stephen Fry is? I have no idea, mate. Oh. <laughs> I'm terrible with names. Uh, it's okay. Uh, Stephen Fry is... Uh, he's an actor, but he's also a, a TV presenter. And one of the things he did was do the audiobooks for uh, Harry Potter. On the uh, UK right. side. There's a there's a there's a US there's a US guy, but um, right. he was also a comedian and he did uh, Black Adder, if you know the uh, series with uh, Rowan Atkinson, and he did a few other things. He was in a comedy duo with Hugh Laurie, the guy who did uh, House, Doctor House. Right. Well, <laughs> I'm way off with you, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, I, so I have these people who also do something like storytelling, which I love and I grab gravitate towards people who do storytelling, whether it's you with the lore videos, whether it's, uh, Mike with the started with the drama time stories and other people, 
right. so who are those people maybe you grew up with them or whatever it doesn't matter yeah. if i don't know them it could be someone from holland someone from germany mm -hmm. or whatever it doesn't matter uh is well, it I didn't really uh, I didn't. Let me favorite. answer the question, damn you. We'll <laughs> see we end up there. Um, I didn't really have people that inspired me to start telling stories in that, in that way. I was always the kid with his nose in the books, and I always loved to tell stories to my cousins as I babysat them. Uh, but when it comes to going into the YouTube thing, I had people like uh, Jesse Cox and Total Biscuit and Crendor and the Game Station to look up to. Uh, but the story element, the storytelling, yeah, pretty much comes from myself and, and doing it and reading it. Be like, these are worlds, this, this story of Warcraft, it adds a whole new level of enjoyment to the game for me. Perhaps I can, you know, pass it on to other people. All right. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, which television shows you watched as a kid? And it's different for for everyone I ask because I know people my uh, my guild my guild master for a very very long time comes from Holland I think it's Groningen I think Groningen yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so uh, and um, when I asked him he told me a bunch of bunch of television shows I had no idea existed and I probably <laughs> forgot I can't even from the top of my head can't even tell and i asked him didn't you watch like stuff from the us and he said nah not really it's like bugs bunny mickey mouse something nah <laughs> no nah, we had our television shows in holland and we liked it i don't know so what television shows you watched as a kid as a teenager well, the, the whole U.S. cartoons were usually locked behind Cartoon Network, and in order to watch Cartoon Network, you had to pay up for it. So, no, most people didn't have that. Uh, I grew up with, well, I saw I saw the, the proper amount of Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunnies, and the Mickey Mouses, and the Disney Channel. But my jam for a very long time was just uh, Fox Kids Network, which had, like, the uh, Batman and the Spider-Man, and, oh, God, what else did it was around there? Totally Spice, I believe. Is it Batman uh, the Animated Series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh we also my had, jam. Oh, God. We had this uh, Saturday morning cartoon program called Tater Kids, which was just from, like, 6 in the morning till, like, noon, 12. You could put your kids in front of TV and they'd be entertained. And that's actually where I got the idea from to wear caps on my show. There was this host... And every single episode, he would wear a different cap on his hat. Uh, that's where I got the idea from caps from. Not because I was getting bald, because of him. Um, and they would have these cartoons run for their show. It was all kinds. Looney Tunes, Animaniacs, uh, Batman, Spider-Man, uh, all kinds of stuff. So that, so that's kind of what I watched when I grew up. Nice. And more adult shows? Um, I I'm... I'm I'm asking because when I grew up, we had um, we had cable, but it was not legit cable. Right. Uh, we only got a real cable connection around 1990. So that's mm -hmm. about the time you were a teenager, right? 1990? Uh, no. I was, Can I ask uh, how old you are? You're 30, right? <laughs> I was three years old in 1990, mate. What? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold the phone. Really? No, I'm seriously. 1980, I'm 1987. That's the 1990. I'm three years old. So you're 30 years old. That's okay. Yeah. You're old enough. 
<laughs> I'm old enough to be here. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm I, I'm oh, saying oh. I, in terms of uh in terms of uh culturally speaking, mm. if I say a, a show, you generally know uh oh, what's going on yeah, because yeah. uh if you know or don't know, there's like the amount of content between I don't know 65 and 95 is nothing compared to 95 to 2005 mm -hmm. just the sheer amount of stuff when i grew up we didn't have cartoon network we didn't have nothing and i'm only nine years older than you only yeah, right. yeah, okay yeah. so when i grew up saturday morning cartoons were like whatever the parents got from the video store mm -hmm. on friday morning that mm -hmm. was it and the only reason they got it on Friday instead of uh, Thursday is the fact that if you have it on Thursday, you have to return it by Friday. If yeah, you have yeah, it on Friday, that, uh, during the weekend, yeah, movies, Saturday so. is off. So you have to return it by Sunday. And Sunday, uh, for, for us, Sunday is a, is a weekday. It's like hmm. a normal working weekday. Yeah, Israel is the only country in the world that has... Sunday to Thursday, uh, regular working days and Friday is optional for some people, not so much. Uh, so Friday, Saturday is our generally our weekend. So yeah, if you true. get it on Friday morning, you can return it only on Sunday. So I had Friday at n around noontime, maybe afternoon. Daddy comes back home before my parents <laughs> got divorced. It's like a stack of videos. Three videos, it's like only for the parents. These are movies that I'm not allowed to watch, which I watched. And the rest is one uh, one video that is supposed to be for grown-ups and kids, which is Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh, Back to the Future, all that stuff that you can watch with your kids. And the rest is like... One is Mickey Mouse, one is uh, one is Disney, one is Warner Brothers, and one is generally something that they picked out. So I know about, do you know about Gumby? You know who Gumby is? You never Gumby. heard? Yeah. No. I wish no. I could show you a picture. Google, while we're yeah, talking, Google, Google Gumby. It is from the 1960s. 70s maybe 60s 70s that is a it's terrifying a, creature somebody a, has a tattoo of gumby on their arm it's a plasticine you can't even call it a man it's some sort of a shape thing is that one of those clay stop animation it's, it's a clay stop animation video gotcha a 60 minute well it's divided into episodes but yeah 60 minute clay animation something Mm. Uh, so like so, uh, Pengu. Exactly, exactly. But more uh, like anthropomorphized thing, you know? So mm. I had those videos. I didn't have a cartoon network. And when we did have uh, cable, we had all the good shows. So uh, Batman the Animated Series, the Looney Tunes, all, all the good shit. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you play besides WoW? Uh, right now, all my time is going into Hyrule Warriors. 
Uh, I picked it up for the Switch, and I'm trying to unlock the Master Sword, which requires to get all the weapons, which takes forever, but it's great. Um, but I'm really into The Legend of Zelda. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, cannot wait for Part 3 to release. Uh, I really enjoy playing Fire Emblem. Binding of Isaac, I played a bit of Far Cry. Uh, all over the place, really. Do you, uh, do you find that you're waiting for, let's say, the content in WoW to die down? Let's say we're t I'm not talking about big expansions, but like from patch to patch, you play whatever you want, and then you just leave oh, yeah. it, leave it alone, do other stuff, keep your mind refreshed in that way. It, it, I think it's a need be like that. Are, well, it's not for everybody. Like uh, I know a couple of people that can play WoW 24/7, and they will never get bored. For me, I need those in between breaks of just playing something else to get my mind off it. Because if you I've, I've had those periods as well where especially, oh god, classic 24-7 for a year. Um, but these days, I kind of like it when I could just turn it all off and then focus on something else. As well as not playing video games at all and just do something entirely different. Uh, just take a little bit of break time. I personally really, really need it. I know someone like Preach is looking forward to Battle for Us of not having a lot of content so he can play other games. I'm like, yeah, you... Uh... <laughs> You're not wrong. I remember Legion at the start. It was kind of bananas with like 36 different videos and artifacts and all that. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so there is definitely that. But um, I, I want to know is uh, apart from Zelda that I know you like the whole series, right? I haven't. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I played the first, first, first Zelda. Wasn't really impressed uh and didn't really pick it up because uh we couldn't afford getting the consoles but you, you had you mean zelda for the nes the very first zelda? yes and i didn't even play the the real snes i had like a fake snes that run right. emulated i wouldn't say i wouldn't say uh pirated but it basically it was pirated we didn't i didn't even know it was like what what's it, what's this console called? Uh, that's a Mega Sun. That's it. That's the name. Yeah. <laughs> do, we, do you have games for that? Yeah. We got cartridges. Cartridges. All the all this. Whatever you can game pick. you like. Uh, and back then it was like, uh, oh, do you want a new one? No worries. Just pay me like a pound or uh, a euro. Pay me a euro. We can. You can change. Can I keep this? Yeah, I can. You can keep it. It's just you paid on fr up front a certain amount, and every time you wanted to uh, replace it, you can come to the store, replace it for just a tiny bit more money, you know? But if, if that first game is really your only experience with Zelda, I would recommend uh, either trying it out on PC or, or picking up an old game, the Ocarina of Time. I think that is a defining game for the whole series, and if you like Ocarina of Time... You'll probably enjoy the rest of the series as well. I took the time and took advantage of Twitch. And I had a friend who played Ocarina of Time. I couldn't watch him live, but he said, look, and he said to me the same thing. If you didn't like the first one, watch me play Ocarina of Time and you'll get it. Mm. I got it. Mm. I'm not impressed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, really? That's oh, the wow. only game that I can say... I have massive differences from other people who don't like it, but I accept the fact that I don't like it. It's okay. Hey, you can enjoy that I game. Exactly. Right? exactly. I'm personally not into... Uh, everybody is all hyped about Final Fantasy. That's a game I've never been able to get into. 
my brother is so into Final Fantasy. He is down with the anime, down with the weeb, you know? And my cousins are the same. There are three, three people that all grew up at this, around the same age. And I don't know what, what's in it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I can't get uh, into it. But apparently people really like the turn-based combat and the storylines and all that. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I picked up a couple of Final Fantasies here and there. Uh, I kind of get the idea behind it, but nah. But it's fine. Everybody's got their own gem. My brother owns a PS4, the bastard. Uh, and as a birthday present, I got him uh, Final Fantasy, is it 15, the last one? Not the online. The online one is 14, right? And so 15 is the last one. I think that uh, Andy played it on stream as well. Sounds about right. Yeah, I think that's the one where they drive in a car, right? Yeah, the one with the the car driving. And I got that. <laughs> I got that for him, and I knew he re he was on the waiting list. So he basically he bought it for himself because I don't own uh, the the PS network. He got it for himself, and I reimbursed him. And I told him this is for me. He said, mm. "Yeah, I pre-ordered it." Like five months ago or something it's like <laughs> he played it once he never played it again it's like why oh, really it's like why it's like it's not final fantasy okay. it's not final fan it's set in the world sort of it has the quality of it's i don't like it it's like all right fine mm. what do you play i say what are you playing now I said diablo 3 it's like all right all right which apparently has new projects coming up diablo. yeah yeah um Let's go back to the YouTube stuff because I want to get to the Twitch stuff as well. Um, how did you manage the whole adpocalypse thing in terms of... I don't want to get into your pocket, but mm -hmm. how did it affect you? Um, did you well, feel it? Did you not feel it? Because some people did, some people don't. And did you weather um, the storm or is it ongoing? Uh, it's really interesting to me. It's YouTube. The, the storm is always ongoing. Uh, I didn't get hit as hard as someone like Mike did, who saw his whole channel be taken down. Like, that was, must have been absolutely disastrous. That didn't happen. Uh, but around the time of the ad apocalypse, there were also some changes to the algorithm, some changes to what videos are recommended and whatnot. And in that regard, I definitely felt it. I felt like, oh, look, uh, this certain period of time where usually my videos get like uh, 100k easy, now they're struggling to get 50k. So in that regard, I felt it. Of course, we had the whole um, less money from the same amount of ads, so that definitely felt. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the risk that you take when, when working with something like YouTube, and it's always a very bad idea to put all your eggs in one basket. You always got to get like multiple avenues going. For me, that's uh, that's still a work in process. Uh, I do not have a, uh, a Patreon that that's, in case everything goes south, it could back me up. But then again... I've also never put the effort in that others have with the Patreon. For me, it's more like people requested it, so I put it up there. Uh, but I don't really know what I can offer you. Like, my content is available for everyone. I answer pretty much everyone that has a question for me uh, when I when I catch the question. Uh, behind the scenes, I don't really have. So for me, it's difficult to put up rewards like that. What is there for other people? And then, uh, of course, we do have the Twitch thing going on. And uh, people are extremely generous in that regard as well. But for me, the ad apocalypse, um, everybody feels it. Everybody on YouTube feels it. And we all, I think it was also an eye opener for everybody. Like, oh, it can all of a sudden, you know, just in the blink of an eye, it can change. And uh, yeah, 
and how how do you fit switch how did it come into play as in terms of getting content out is it just because it's there or no. because it started you started twitch way before the adpocalypse like way way before the adpocalypse yeah yeah like my first twitch streams <laughs> it was a beauty my first twitch streams was just me and and three of my friends and i was like look guys i can make you listen to my music let's go play wow <laughs> oh that was great but later down the line it became um like on youtube when you put out a video it's very static right you have the content here's the content and of course you get the comments but there's no instant interaction with somebody. And that's where Twitch came in. That's what I love about Twitch. And that's why I always make it an effort to reply as much as what happens in chat as I can. Like sometimes you're focusing on what's happening in game. Sometimes you're fighting a really hard boss. Sometimes you're going really deep into the quest lines. So you kind of, you can't read chat as well as in game. Uh, but most of the time it's, it's my moment to interact with the people that actually watch my content and like my content, have questions. And I'm like, yes, that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to um you know just just produce the product it's it's trying to start a conversation it's trying to get people involved in the storyline and in, in moments like that you can you know geek out with other people that that are into the same stuff as you are and that's just absolutely beautiful and in terms of uh getting content you're basically creating content as you're having fun and then you can take that and what you do with your q and a's you just just upload that and you use the, the live Q and A's to maybe help people that don't have really time or it, you know, I haven't done those in ages. Yeah. You, I, I haven't done those in a I long need to do time, those. right? Yeah. I haven't done those in ages. That was because I, Legion, I've dropped a couple of projects I was doing like the Hearthstone videos. That was part of time, but also part of falling out with Hearthstone. Um, but it's just a couple of projects that fell in because Legion was just so busy. Like Legion, I had no time to do anything. Uh, so hopefully we can pick it up again. Yeah. And, uh, that, that was a, the thing that I was going for is you, you don't mean to create content, but you, you're doing the content on Twitch, which is, you know, fun, interactive and all that stuff. And then you have it to, I, I, I want to say make money off of, uh, as views on YouTube. Not that you, I don't mean to sound sarcastic or or malicious but yeah you do have some fun and then you have both things oh yeah it's a symbiotic relationship like yeah. um with anything um there but there is a clear difference between and you can tell that when you, you watch content there's a clear difference between this is purely made to uh, gather profit and this is made with heart and it makes money right there's exactly a what i was that. going for exactly what i was going for doing the twitch thing which is fun fun for fun's sake i would say because you get people asking questions being uh, at least i'm i'm uh targeting the most of the people i don't mean the trolls and the bastards and people actually want to know or you're informing them and they're there listening and in instant reinteraction and yeah. then you take that and put it on youtube and you have people that couldn't catch the stream don't really like watching VODs because you have to sift through some all those stuff and you get people that wanted to ask that particular question and there it is because Noble is doing the, his famous Q&As if you do them 
but famous um, quote unquote you're famous. <laughs> if you do them <laughs> <laughs> well if you're stuck and you have so much work to do and you have to drop projects that's that's the nature of the beast i guess i yeah i i mean i'm dropping stuff that i want to do because i don't have time i'm limited by life i guess mm. um, and sometimes you gotta you gotta put priorities and for me my priority has always been the channel and that's also still uh my main mode of income um but and and some people have actually like commented on as well like twitch with you always feels like a side thing i'm like yeah that's right youtube is my baby right and that's where the majority of my time goes into and that flows back to how much time it takes to take uh, to make these videos like i put in 48 to 72 working hours per video and that's on average uh, some are a lot easier some are a lot more difficult uh, it kind of depends on how much material i have to work with but on average that's that's the amount of hours to go in there so if you're ready write off 48 to 72 hours of a week and then you still got to stream and you got to do q a and you got to live your life at some point it, it kind of gets busy yes Yes, I get that. I get that. I I mean, uh, wow, a, a 15 to 30 minute like straight up lore video is around 72 hours work. Script. Yeah, the, that that's from uh coming up the concept, scripts, getting material, recording material, voiceover, cutting a voiceover, editing it all together and pushing it live. Yeah. Wow. That's uh that's quite a lot of work. I thought more of the range <laughs> of between 40 and 50 hours but uh yeah. well, more is, power like, to you we're talking about we're talking about max videos that's what i'm talking about um like when i am trying mainly it comes down to where you're trying to get the books into video formats because usually the books don't take place in game so you end up having to use model viewer and when you use model viewer you're you're t looking at like 30 seconds per little model that moves and if you got a lot of models to implement and you gotta like chroma key it and make it all edit and move a shit oh that takes so much time uh, I I still haven't made my uh, uh, my WoW model viewer to work since WAD, I think. Ooh. I downloaded so many different versions, none of them work. And I had so many plans, watched so many videos on how to do the animation, never got around to it. And uh, I really probably I probably never will. If you really want to make it work, you got to look for an old version of WoW. Uh, there are some offered here and there. And uh, just store that on somewhere that's not connected to your internet and only use it when you got like Battle.net turned off. That way it will never update and that way Model Viewer will always work with it. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, well, like you do for uh, private servers. <clears throat> Which, yeah. yes. Uh, uh, we're all friends here. We know what's up. Even Blizzard, I think Blizzard knows what's up. That's why they only knocked down Nostarius. That's my viewpoint. It was getting too big, I would say. To, uh, I don't want to get like into one way or why, but I think it was just got too big, so they shut it down. Uh, if they really, really, really cared, they would have shut down every other uh service there is out there because they know people are getting uh. People are getting scammed left over right with that, but we'll yeah, we'll leave we'll leave that alone. Yeah, I heard like rumors of it's going really down south after all that happened. But yes, let's go to a different topic besides. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what are your plans for for content uh, when the doomsday come? I know it's a loaded question. Ooh. 
what yeah, a do very you, long question. Because I've been thinking about it a lot, not in the context of you specifically, but in terms of if there are YouTubers and even Twitch streamers which rely on one specific game for their content, what mm -hmm. happens when Doomsday comes? And Doomsday, I think you mean like when WoW ends, right? Uh, either WoW ends in terms of we're not releasing any more expansions or any other game which is played exclusively, but WoW is so unique and specific. Uh, the question of what to do uh, when it comes to branding out into other video games, uh, it has played my mind for quite a bit. And uh, for me, when it comes to why I make these videos, first and foremost, it's a passion for what I do. And I really enjoy talking about the lore of Warcraft. Um, there's definitely a, a symbiotic connection between the popularity of WoW and the popularity of my videos. Like with the recent release of the Warbringer of Jaina and the Burning and all that. Like I said, there's a lot of new souls coming into the lore. And you can just see a clear spike in popularity. So if WoW ever dies, I imagine that the popularity of the videos will always die, also die. Um, but at the same time, the Warcraft universe will always be there, right? I can't imagine the day where they will no longer use this IP. And even if the day ever comes, there will always be one person out there that remembers the days of, oh yeah, I remember playing Warcraft. What was the story again? So in that regard, my channel would be like a library of old. And for me personally, I... I personally do not have the passion of diving into other subjects, but I think where my strength lies when it comes to the content is storytelling, right? Yeah. And other franchises have stories to tell as well, and other games have my interest as well. So if that moment ever comes, I think I would try to branch out into uh, other types of games or other kinds of media to tell the story behind that. And if all else fails, I'll just, you know, as the kids say, get a real job and all that. <laughs> um, well... That's where actually I've been thinking about it. That's where Twitch comes in, really, uh, in terms of uh, because you're not laying all your all your eggs in one basket. You always have that to lean on to. I I'm not speaking about Patreon at all because uh, you know it's uh, it's even more fickle than Twitch in my mind. Mm. More fickle than YouTube. It's uh, because if the YouTube thing goes tank, then the Patreon goes tank as well, I guess. I don't know. Um, but It might. It kind of depends on the people themselves, and it kind of depends on what you do as well. Like, do you keep producing content, or you just sit back and be like, yeah, I got no wow anymore, send money. Like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the thing is, um, I wouldn't say Doomsday necessarily means the end of all life. I think that if you are inspired by one thing, you can get inspired by another thing. Uh, it doesn't mean that now, specifically now, you have to think about it. But if it's in the back of your mind, then may I, it's not a suggestion. It's just I'm thinking about myself is uh, if this thing goes away, what? what do i do because the passion to make videos is in me i know it's in me i'm i'm personally relatively new but i oh i'm always thinking about new stuff what do i want to put my time into what well, do i want to do this or do i want to do that and i do find 
something to inspire me by. Mm. So, uh, do you, do you really think that uh, that you will stop? I might. It depends. Like when I look at somebody like Mike, for example, Mike has done a brilliant job at branching out in other games, and where he was once upon a time known as that Warcraft guy. Now people also come to a stream to watch him play other games. It took a while, but eventually they warmed up to the idea and they enjoy his content. That stuff takes time. For me, um, it might happen one day or I might decide I'll quit. I do not know. Like for me right now, I I live in the moment and right now I'm just riding that high of a new expansion and riding the high of the of the good days, knowing that one day, yes, I wouldn't be the first YouTube channel to just disappear and one day it will end. That is that is the reality of being a content creator. Would I like that? No, of course not. This is my little baby <laughs> and I worked my ass off the last six years to make it happen to be where I am today. And I will fight my damnness to make sure that my content keeps going and hopefully people will enjoy it. But at the same time, there is no guideline to make a YouTube or a Twitch channel work. There is no book you could pick up and say like, oh yeah, follow these pointers and you will make it. If that was the case, everybody would be doing it. There's a whole lot of luck involved, and there's a whole lot of... Sure enough, there's certain points you can hit, like if you do the right thumbnail, the right title, the right content, the right promotion, the right upload schedule. Sure enough, there's certain points you can work on, but there's also a whole dosage of luck of being noticed, of being picked up in the sea of other content creators. Um, so who's to say, even if I branch out later on down the line and be like, yeah, here's my new content, who's to say if we'll pick up? That is up to the viewer. Um... But at the end of the day, like I've had periods of time where, especially during the ad apocalypse, especially during times where you see channels die left and right, where you wonder to yourself, like, should I already make plans to branch out? But for me, I, I stopped worrying about it, man. I stopped getting sleepless nights over it and just decided to enjoy what I have right now. And what tomorrow brings, who knows? We'll see it by then. Yeah, and I'm... I'm... I know, I know it's a bit of a loaded question and I know it's kind of, it really depends on the person, on the viewpoint, but yeah. Um, if you mention, uh, when you mentioned, um, uh, now I've lost it, you know, uh, when I mentioned so, Mike, uh, no, not Mike, but, um, branching out into, mm. into other stuff, there is nothing that you th maybe even the slightest thing that you want to do oh yeah there is of course uh like i mean I, said, I like the legend of zelda i it, like game of thrones i like uh other things yeah sure and you don't think that that might well it really depends on what happens in the moment you said if it comes and even if i even if i wanted to branch out right now even if i wanted to put my attention on telling the story behind game of thrones in the books where am i going to find the time yeah yeah that's the thing yeah right the, nice the thing oh, man. the thing i i'm <laughs> i'm walking around at work where there is mainly students to talk to um and i walk around and it's like damn i need 36 hours and it's like what it's like i need a 36 hour day can you do that yeah. it's like me too please. why do you need why do you need 36 hour day wouldn't wouldn't it be tiring said like, no i want to sleep well for eight hours i want to do my job i want to do my family obligations not it's not obligations but i want to be with my family but i also want eight hours completely to myself to think to look at the computer to play a game that will lead into 
an inspiration to a thing that I want to tell other people. So yeah, around 36 hours, so I'll have that that eight hour good night sleep. Even Don't we all feel like that? Like time just, oh, time goes way too quickly. It's oh been, God. it's been two years since the first preach con. And the first preach con was like uh, six months after I got inspired to open my uh, YouTube channel because of mainly three people, you, uh, Mike, and, and he will probably never ever know that unless I get him to do this podcast, uh, Bellular. All right. Bellular yeah, yeah. was the guy and we, I'll, I'll bring, wait, 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 hold on. Let me tell the story and I'll get to you and I'll get to you. <laughs> Bellular was the first video about um, Warlords of Draenor that I've seen that that rolled into the, you know, the snowball that started me watching your videos and then watching Mike's drama time videos and that snowballed into me getting back into WoW. And oh, in the first preach con, we stood outside in uh, Smoker's Corner and I came in and I told you, look, man, your video was the one that inspired me to come back to Warlords of Dreno. And you said, I'm sorry for you. It's <laughs> 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 like, no, don't be sorry for me. That's fine. That was my decision. I, you didn't make Warlords of Draenor. You didn't, you know. And, you know, so uh, if I get Bellier to do this podcast, I'll probably ask him that question. Um, so, yeah, the, you guys made me want to think about what I loved back then in high school. I loved going to cinema everyone around me that took that class took it to get a grade i was the only one that took it to make it into something and you know irl happened and uh i only come came back to it to my let's say my first love the movies basically um what else do you want to ask um well, i wanted to know to you because you mentioned bellular you missed this year's preach con where the one and only bellular was present yes what I, the hell i didn't know at the time that he was coming <laughs> you know mike and i are not in speaking terms as in i have his uh i can tell him stuff over dms and twitter right. but that's really about it i mean i like the guy but i don't want to disturb him I he wouldn't have told you anyways. It was like a whole surprise thing as well. I, I like, know, I know, I know. The the reason I, I I think I told you this back when we were playing Overwatch. I think I said something, but I don't remember. Um, the reason I wasn't there is because of money issues. We got into yeah. uh, um, financially, we uh, decided that we're taking a. a a vacation in Italy, which we are going in about, I don't know, about 10 days from now. Uh, we already bought and paid for it. And I couldn't really justify going to the UK. At least that's what my wife told me. And uh, 
when it came the time two months before she lost her job and now it's a good thing we already paid for the Italy thing and she comes up to me one day and it's like you really want to go to the UK right and I was like yes is it that important to you I said you know it's not life-changing important it's just friends I have which live somewhere else and they're all conjugating into one space mm. I mean Mike is not the reason I wanted to go to PreachCon oddly enough I mean I want to talk me, right? to the guy but I know it's going to be five minutes it's of course it's you <laughs> it's Michael it's Michael of course uh, and I wanted to meet with friends either I can I can't really consider Mike as a friend. I can't really consider you as a, you as a friend. I'm sorry. We're not as friendly as I am with other people in the community. It's like like mm -hmm. I, I don't want to diss you or anything. I like you. Oh, no hard feelings, lady. I, I, I like you, but we're not you don't know nothing about my family. I don't know nothing about your family, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do know about families of other people in the community. And I do try and uh, be in touch as much as possible with at least a few of them. We do have the uh, PreachCon WhatsApp group. We do have one from last year that kind of started the ball rolling and people kind of stuck together. And this year coming to this PreachCon, we had uh, issues that went beyond you know, the regular friendship and more into deep friendship. Like, uh, I'm dealing with this and this in my life. What do you right. think? That's let's, I'm sure you've got people in your life that are like that, that say, look, noble, it's, uh, I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm depressed or I have anxiety or I have problems with my dad. Um, but it was important to me to come to this PreachCon as a friend, as a buddy. And I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And I got flack for it. You know oh, what? Yeah. I got flack for it. And I reveled in that flack. You know why? <laughs> because it just shows that people care. And uh, sadly, in my, in my life, I have only a few people that really really care it just mm. li how life turns out i guess um sorry about the rant uh um, yeah, we got all emotional there yeah, yeah. i got a little bit teary-eyed <laughs> and a little bit emotional but that's fine that's fine um what are you looking forward to in the next year um could right, be, it could be anything could be anything, really. I mean, we're talking about 2019 now, yeah. 2019, we'll say. You've got your birthday uh, on the thirtieth. Thirtieth. Close. Close. I'd, though. I'd, you know what? I've been uh, I've been really, really, really thinking about uh, doing. I'll I will reveal it because it will never happen. I wanted to do. Uh, like a compilation video for you with people from oh. your community like mm -hmm. I did for Mike and I'm doing for Mike this year 
Spoilers. Uh, he prob- Spoilers. He probably knows. He probably knows. Uh, oh, he does? Yeah, okay. Probably. He, he doesn't know the details, but he expects it at this point. And if he doesn't uh. expect it, even better for me. <laughs> right. Um, but I I did want to do uh, a compilation video, but it's no time. I can understand. No maybe. time. I wish. Uh, seriously, as I am man of so few means, but this is the thing that I know I can do as a as a gift. Uh, besides that, what are you looking for in 2019? That's the question. Well, for for the immediate future, let's keep it at 2018. I'm looking very forward to at the end okay, of the month that... where I'll be skydiving. Ooh, nice. Really looking forward to that. Nice. Of course, we're having uh, Battle for Azov launch, which is going to be all the hype for the next few months. And then next year, I'm actually hoping for calm waters. Like, if I can just, you know, stay the course, I would be well happy. I don't need no excitement. I don't need no drama. Just, just stay the course. That would be great. I'm looking forward to telling more stories. I'm looking forward to what Battle for Azov is going to reveal. And I'm looking forward to continue my uh, journey of trying to be more healthier. I've actually picked up training again. So I'm hoping that that will carry on into the next year. And yeah, good health, good fortune, and just calm waters. I'll I'll sign up for that. Awesome. Health and calm. That's always good. Um, And I think we'll wrap up with controversy. Classic. Oh, goody. Classic WoW legacy servers. don't need your opinion it's just what are your plans for that because in terms of lore it's Mm. all over the place and you've said it numerous times i totally agree uh wasn't good but in terms of actual gameplay because you were um you picked it up at the end sort of like last six months I think so. I, I have no idea when I actually jumped into the game, mate. I think so. It was a little bit all over the place. It was like, at the start, I actually did not like uh, not like WoW. I thought it was very boring. But then a couple of days later, I picked it up again. And then a week later, I picked it up again. And then I just didn't stop playing. But I have no idea what time in the cycle it was. Um, but my plans when it comes to classic WoW, I really want to pick up those quest lines to be removed for the Cataclysm revamp. Like uh, the Battle for Darrowshire has been changed. The Hunter Greenleaf quest line has been changed. Um, or removed entirely, I should say. I, yeah, I think uh, it's op- removed, not really changed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, opening of the Scarab Wall has been removed. I would love to see that again and just get the recordings for it. But overall, when it comes to gameplay, uh, I think it's going to be my di- downtime enjoyment because I remember those days and I remember how much fun I had back then, but I also remember what a huge time investment it was. And for me, life has just moved on. Like I don't have the time to do that anymore, as well as... I really enjoy how WoW is currently. Despite its flaws, I think it's still better than it was back then. I know not everybody agrees with that, but I do. And um, yeah, it will be my uh, downtime. Enjoy. Step into it every every so often. See what it's like. Yeah, that's my plan for it. The only problem I have with it is the fact that people forget the time sink that <laughs> the time sink that it uh, took from level one into level 60 and that um, was just the start what about the time sink to get anything done in game do you remember getting groups for fucking dire mall for a tribute run and then you finally end up at dire mall and then one, one guy was like yeah it's dinner time i gotta go 
It's like, no. <laughs> I, uh, I had the pleasure of playing in UBRS both in 20, 15, mm -hmm. and then 10. And I know why it was changed. <laughs> That like, one, oh, I had this one character sitting in front of UBRS with like the ring in its inventory. And if whenever somebody needed something to open, it was like, yeah, 50 gold, please. I'll open it up for you. Oh, it was good times, man. I did all those quests. Every The quests, everybody, the quest chains that everybody forgets. The key to UBRS, the mm -hmm. key to Scholomance, which was my favorite dungeon ever. because So expensive. It was the best dungeon ever because you had boss after boss after boss after boss. It's not today's Scholomance. It is back then. It was the first half trash. The second half boss, 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 <laughs> yeah. boss, 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 boss. It's like clear a little bit of room, boss. Clear a little bit of room, boss. But the quest chain with the, I think it's Barov family. Yeah, the Barov family. Oh, oh, so good. I love, you know, one of my favorite stuff that is not in the game right now is the the entire quest chain, and you find out what happens in Scholomance. Oh, my God. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Kalis, actually made a video about that, and it's so freaking good. I should check that out. I should check that mm. out. I love one of my favorite, uh, favorite uh, quest chains. I did... Every single quest chain that was that had a, a key reward in it, without without knowing that you can charge people to enter their group and just open the stuff for them and then just step out for somebody else. I was so clueless. I was mm. 26 years old when that happened. 26? 26 when I started playing WoW. And I was so clueless. It's not even real. And nope. I, I miss that, but I remember the time sink. I wonder if it's still going to be such a time sink with everybody knowing everything already. Because back then we didn't have resources like Wowhead to explain everything. We had pop pop, maybe, if somebody was kind enough to leave a comment behind. And they had to figure out, like, okay, where do I go? I need to take a picture of this turtle. Oh, it's all the way in Tanaris. Oh, okay, cool. You well, know what? I guess I'll just fly over there. Before I started raiding, do you know what my uh, only add-on in the game? Mm. Coordinates. Because, because ThoughtBot had people leaving comments with, Oh, Quartz <laughs> is X29, Y39. That's where the guy is. Go. It's like, uh, that's not in the game, is it? It's like, no, you, you need an add-on for that. With your filthy add-ons in classic WoW, elitist. <laughs> yeah, elitist. Um, you did you raid in vanilla? No, or yeah. were you you did raid? Awesome. Uh, uh, molten core. I was, I was not even carried. I did molten core, and believe it or not, I was actually the uh, officer of the hunters. Not mm -hmm. so much of skill, but mainly because I was just always there. Uh, I raided Blackwing Lair as well, and once we finished Blackwing Lair, and then AQ came around. Uh, I tried a little bit of AQ20, but by that time, it was like a year past. I was like, I'm done, guys. I can't. I can't. I just can't. And then Nuxramas came around, and I did not do anything of Nuxramas. I I actually... I, ha I was one of the only people I knew that had 
two characters at level 60 because oh. yes the first level 60 <laughs> i had was and he's still there same server same everything um my rogue because not because i wanted to play rogue because i played an alliance mage got to arathi highlands and was repeatedly ganked by an undead rogue it's like <laughs> fuck it i'm playing a rogue this character is fucking op <laughs> got to oh, got yes. to 60 the day i got to 60 or the day after i was whispered by another rogue it's like dude we have a guild we're all rogues <laughs> knowing what i know now what a stupid concept mm. and uh, when i did make the other one it is my famous vanilla priest and this is where me and mike are so similar that we had a character that got to 60 and we left it to play something that was needed i didn't really want a priest but we went to the old sunken temple mm. with all rogues <laughs> no healer no tank no nothing and we tried to clear that place out you know how frustrating that place is in terms of navigating getting all the bo bosses down all that stuff we needed a healer so i i told him look i'm gonna make a healer now it'll take me about a couple of months once we're down with that we can just go all rogues and my priest and we're, we're golden yeah uh Things didn't turn out that way. And mm. it turned out that priests are really, really popular. As soon as I left the guild, the rogue guild, with my rogue and my priest, I got an Im almost an immediate question. Uh, can you come to Zolgorub and heal for us? And that was my guild that I went to Molten Core with, Blackwing Lair, AQ. We didn't do AQ40. We did AQ20 because uh, mm -hmm. people started tapering off by then. But yeah, I was... Yeah, I think most people kind of dropped around AQ40, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I would say in the not in the hardcore guilds. The no, hard okay. We had, uh, I think it was two or three really, really hardcore uh, guilds you know they were so famous they did molten core with 25 people <gasps> wow wow yeah do you even have enough mages to dispel though decurse and all that yes yes exactly uh, i wonder how low you could go with classic molten core because tactics wise it wasn't that difficult it was just you know you got to do what you got to do exactly exactly if you had the enough priests enough mages and two no four supremely um well geared tanks it's easy it's like i always find it funny when people say like classic raiding is more difficult and i'm like no it was just it's, it was just dumber it's managing 40 people it's managing but not even that people. though because half your raid could be afk you could still manage to get the kill if the half of it knew what they needed to didn't know no even not baron geddon the bomb uh, remember oh, bomb. oh yeah okay the bomb yeah that's true exactly. but that's also where most people are like why can't you just walk to the back of the room mate? how difficult is that it's like yeah i was eating dinner i'm sorry yeah you had to stand around the corner be like i'm, I'm your battle reser <laughs> don't worry i got this 
Yeah, easy, easy for the easy for the alliance. I mm -hmm. I was uh, I'm horde through and through. Every time I picked up an alliance character, I I just couldn't stick it out. I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, for me, it was always like my buddy chose alliance when he invited me into the game, so it was where my played. And then with the whole every man for himself on humans and the the rep uh, game, yeah, easy pickings, mate. <laughs> I just, I like the undead for some reason. Mm. Most of my characters are undead. I still like the undead. I don't know why. It's just, I like it. I'm a skull kind of person, I guess. Filthy rogue. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> See? Rogue undead. The scourge <laughs> of the alliance. Oh, we permastun as against the rogue. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I think permastun... Permastun came into BC with the maces. They didn't have classic where they could just keep one person CC for like forever. No, don't think so. That's uh no 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 no. I think that's TBC time. It ah, was okay. so filthy, disgusting. It was rogues and and warriors. I think with fucking maces, that was filthy. I just um, remember shamans being way powerful. Yeah, but uh. Like I, I didn't say it to you. I said it to a friend. Nostalgia, nostalgia. It is a powerful, powerful drug that will make Blizzard so much money when they do do come up with uh with vanilla. And to my, I, I'm just shooting in the dark. If they uh, ever decide to make a stop to retail WoW and say, well, we're not making any more money on expansions because it's uh, not cost beneficial and all that corporate talk, um, they can just keep people playing by, do you want this expansion? Okay, we've got TBC servers. Let's say we've got Lich King servers. We've got vanilla servers and we've got WOD servers. Wait. Cost effective, no more WOD servers. Um, you know, they can do that. Uh, I think, think Classic Realms is going to make them a lot of money, huh? In subscription? Yes. Hmm. Yes, I believe I, so. I, there is, you know, how many people throughout the years, uh, I wouldn't say had a, had a subscription, but how many people throughout the years actually played World of Warcraft? Would you say... Hmm. 300 million 200 million yeah there's definitely a player base there and when it comes to the classic realms you could definitely see that there's an audience for it but i really wonder um and that's even the question like are you going to pay for a subscription is it going to be a different subscription than what his life is right now that that's all up in the air but i really wonder how big the popularity is going to be uh if it's going to be behind a paywall and then how popular is going to be later down the line when people realize like oh this is classic I think there's going to be a core audience for it, and I think it's definitely going to be popular enough to keep it going. But to say it's going to make them a lot of money, I don't know. I've, I'm really curious to find out. Do you remember how the uh, subnumbers graph looked like at the start of Warlords of Draenor? And then mm -hmm. in Q... That was Q4, right? So Q1 and Q was the last the last uh, quarters that they released the sub numbers and it was like mm -hmm. 10 million and back to like five or something yeah um 
I think the player base is there. Um, again, my thoughts, opinions, whatever you want to take it. The player base is there. And there are people who know, who only started playing even in Legion that know about the game but not, didn't really want to go through that and they either only leveled or in some cases picked up legion got their um got their 100 level boost took that and from there either made a dk skipped 55 levels or made a, a death uh, or a demon hunter skipped all those levels again you know, you, you can't tell. It's so diverse. The The population is so diverse. If you have 400,000 players mm-hmm. at, at a, as your base, uh, you know, your core people, that's more successful than most of the other MMOs. Yeah, true. Like I'm saying, there's definitely going to be a core audience that's like, yes, this is what I always wanted. But to say... Um... I've also heard people say that it's going to be more popular than live. And for that, I really have my doubts because those numbers indeed dropped. But a lot of people credit that to it's not what it used to be. But I think there's a whole lot of factors to consider, like, you know, age of the demographic, people that have been playing the game for so long. Like they can add new skins and new mechanics to the game. And at the end of the day, you're still playing World of Warcraft, right? Uh, So I think there are too many factors there to say, like, it's just because it's a new expansion. Therefore, the numbers dropped. If they just kept it around the Lich King, people would have stayed. Because I think fatigue is going to set in at some point. If they don't update the content that there is, if you're just going to reach the end, then at some point you're going to be like, okay, uh, what now? Exactly. I mean, uh, not to toot my own horn, but I did try it after all these years on a Blizz-like server. Not Nostarius. Uh, but I just wanted to, to experience it as in, do I remember this correctly or uh, do I have rose tinted glasses? And it was every bit as I remembered it. Everything is slower. Everything Mm. that you like, there's no auto loot, but there's no, uh, there's I mean, there's no AOE loot, but there's no auto loot as well. There's no checkbox you can check and get it. You have to individually pick up loot. That slows the game down, especially when you need quest items. And if you're talking about quest items, do you have enough bag space to pick up all the items? I mean, quest items are items in your bags. If you don't have it, you're stuck. So either drop the quest, drop another quest, and then everything is slowed down. It's not only the grind to 60, it's not that you don't have any quest hubs, is the just the mechanics of the game slows you down. Now, you can say, well, if you slow down, you have more time to look at your environment. You can enjoy more of what is out there in the world, but in when it comes right down to it people who already know the game just want to get to end game so they can experience that thing that they loved the raids the dungeons all that stuff the good times for some people for some people that's exactly what they're wanting and i i agree with certain things that have been removed from the game like i think um 
making the game more accessible, like Group Finder, like uh, no longer having to buy reagents or arrows and all that stuff. I definitely agree that that has removed a lot of the fantasy of the game as well as the interaction with other players. Um, so there's definitely going to be people that are like rejoicing that things take longer. But I mean, how many years are we now? 13, 14 that WoW has been around? The demographic that they're aiming for, the player base that is out currently, I wonder if new players would really enjoy what WoW used to be back then. I don't think so. I really don't think so. I think that a lot of people will join. A lot more people than they expect will join. But then you'll see this massive landslide and only the core core audience really are really going to stick uh stick around and again you said you said so uh yourself it really depends on what is the uh what how much money do you have to pay each month if any uh will will it take if if you know it's just vanilla you know that it is a game that is uh has a finite amount of content um will you keep will you keep playing in a year in two will you pay a subscription even a regular subscription fifteen dollars to play vanilla when and you know there's no end to it no yeah i'm personally hoping that's just going to be included in the regular subscription like a little extra thing in case you want to pick it up if that's the case i think they'll hit the right spot because that way you can play live if you want to or you can play classic and that way you can kind of you know if you get bored with classic why not jump over into live there's always new content you want this new expansion come on down baby sort of like uh, releasing hearthstone for free there you go for everybody that has battle.net i think they made so much money off that game <laughs> Hearthstone, oh, <laughs> so even from me myself. I think I've dropped like a K on Hearthstone. I'm not even wow, joking. Oh, that's amazing. Just for really? the fucking cards. Like every time they grab me again, it's like, if you get this card, get like this deck, you can play the game again. I'm like, okay, I'll drop the money. Now, of course, I can write it off as a business investment, but I'm not the only one. I'm not even the extreme in that regard. There are so many people that drop so much money. And each time, it's printing money. New cards is new money. It's it's amazing. Yeah, I I wasn't even aware that Hearthstone came out before I got back into Warlords or Draenor and got got the the new Battle.net Battle uh, Battle.net launcher, and was like, oh wow, there's a game here for free. I'll pick that up. I'll <laughs> right. pick that up. I didn't spend. You know what? I'm on the only person I know that didn't spend a dime on hearthstone but it's not really a game that i play i just jump in jump out lately i've been playing it more because the way um my job is structured allows me to have at least two or three hours that i can stream from work they don't know that the traffic in the university is so much upload and download it's not really picking up in terms of the IT people, they either know about it and don't care. And I'm not doing any harm. I'm not downloading illegal stuff, which is like forbidden because it sits on the big like university servers. Um, but I can sit down at work. I don't have a mic. I can't really interact with people and that really sucks. 
but I can stream. I'm an affiliate. I've been an affiliate for a year. It's been a really good program for uh, streamers like myself who do have two, three, four people that normally come in as you know, I'm don't do this regularly, so I can't really build up steam. Um, but I sit around, play Hearthstone, and get yelled out by random people who say, "Don't pick up that! Don't pick up that card! Why do you play that card? Why do you play that card?" You know, and all I can do is like look at the little uh, shitty 720p cameras. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've been playing this for two weeks. Oh, I love Hearthstone, man. Hearthstone has taken the stream scenario, the stream by storm. Like Hearthstone actually, well, I wouldn't say revolutionized, but definitely changed the landscape of Twitch streaming. Because it's competitive. It's... Yeah, and it also allows a lot of time to interact with your uh, chat. Yeah, yeah. It's completely that. It's a really good game for, uh, for crowd interaction. Um, that's why I do it. <laughs> Cause, because I can't really speak... It allows me to type and chat. I'm always in chat. And so I, I do speak to people, but it's just via chat form. So there, it, it does allow me more interaction like that. Um, one last thing before we uh, finish up. Um, if, it, if it's down to one thing that you would like to improve your content doesn't matter if it's twitch youtube whatever what is the one thing that you want to add but can't afford um, tricky question i know tricky question oh i got an answer for you i don't know if you know about a channel called the lost codex um the lost codex does also lore videos but they do it on a slower schedule uh, smaller formats, but their animations are out of this world. If I could afford it, and if I could have the time investment, I would boost my quality up to their standards and or even beyond, and do that. Are they working uh, within a network framework, or is it just more people doing the same channel? Because I know about the channel, I just don't watch their uh, content. As far as I'm aware, there are uh, two people on it that work on it, and their editing style and their editing skills are just way beyond anything that I have. And uh, if you're out there and you have never checked out their channel, I can highly recommend them. Um, it's it's just gorgeous. Like If I could bring those stories to life like that, as well as uh, for me myself, we're going to be doing the story of Edge of Night, the story in which Sylvanas tossed herself from Ice Crown. And instead of just regularly telling the story, Excuse me, I had uh, Kalis, which has also done the Marcus video and a couple of Machinima for the Arthas video. Um, she has done the entire video. It's taken a couple of months. Uh, and that's the thing, right? If, you, if you're working on a video for a couple of months, your channel would basically be dead for a couple of months. So yeah. thankfully, she can be working on the side. And uh, yeah, I, I've seen the videos and literally the ending of it gave me goosebumps. Quite literally goosebumps. So... If, if it was up to me on a weekly basis, if I could afford it, if I could do it, that's what I would change. Just machinima, 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 bring the story better to life. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, all right, man. Uh, thanks for joining me. It's been mm. uh, ooh, almost two hours. I didn't even plan on. I didn't give any uh, time frame. 
and I just hope you have more than an hour because um, we went through content, went through other stuff. I could go more into personal stuff, but I didn't know where you stand on it because I'm pretty open. I can talk about anything. Um, I didn't For me personally, if I didn't want to talk about it, I would have told you like that. Okay, no worries. Uh, thank you for joining me and uh, maybe we'll do this again some someday in the future. Talk about other stuff. Sounds good, man. Thank you very much for having me and uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>